everyone. Welcome to this special episode of the Black Health Podcast. If you didn't know, Black Health has partnered with Advil and Morehouse School of Medicine on the Advil Pain Equity Project. It's a long-term commitment to champion equitable and accessible pain relief. Um, Through research, education, and collaboration, we're working to illuminate the issue of pain inequity in Black communities. Um, Because the inequitable diagnosis and treatment of pain is a public health crisis. So for this episode of our podcast, we're going to discuss why this problem exists. Why is it that when Black people experience pain, we're often not believed, not heard, and then not treated equitably? And Advil believes that everyone deserves relief from pain, which starts by addressing it at the source. So we have to engage the next generation of healthcare providers and med schools to create true systemic change. So today we're joined by a special guest, Brittany McClendon, a key stakeholder in this work who has a unique perspective as a Black medical student. So just a quick intro to Brittany. Brittany McClendon is a compassionate fourth-year medical student at Howard University College of Medicine in Washington, D.C. After graduation, she plans on starting her OBGYN residency and advocating for health policies that address the ongoing Black maternal health epidemic. In addition to advocating for her patients and excelling in med school, Brittany also enjoys jazz music, visiting art museums, and going to the beach. Yes. Hey, Brittany. What's up, Brittany? Hey, Brittany. (laughs) So just checking, did I miss anything in your bio or is anything else you want the people to know about you? No, that was it. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we're honored to have Brittany joining us for this very important conversation, um, which we will get into, as you know. But first, we always start our episode off with a little icebreaker topic. And so our topic for today is your name. (laughs) Music (laughs) Fest is coming to town. Who are the three headlining acts? So Khadijah Fest, who's who's there at Khadijah Fest? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I would definitely say... Um, I would want my 757 homegirl, Missy Elliott, there. Okay. Two up, two down. Yes. Um, I've never, like, seen her perform live, so that would be a selfish choice. Um, And then she would have special guests. Um, Just some of the girls that she's been recently collaborating with. So, like, Flo. Have you heard of Flo? Yes. They're a UK girl group. I know who Flo is. Good job. Flyana Boss, which me and Paula have seen before. They're Mm -hmm. super fun. They were really good performers. They are. That's all in their essence, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But um, she's been collaborating with a bunch of the new girls. So special Mm -hmm. guests, yes, would be there. Um, uh, Janet Jackson, mm. because I've also never seen her live. Um, and also yeah. she, she was at one music fest that mm-hmm. I did not get to go to, mm-hmm. um, cause we had another lovely event at Spell House, but, um, I just want to see her like at one point before, um, she retires and then Beyonce. Yeah. I feel like across all of our podcasts, Beyonce is a, a common theme. A, a common, a common theme. theme. Yes. <laughs> sure. A co-host. <laughs> um, One day. But yeah, definitely Beyonce. May mm-hmm. she perform her like unreleased stuff. I've been mm. listening to... Have y'all heard of Donk before? This is an unreleased... Donk, donk, donk. 
I'm not gonna sing on it. <laughs> <laughs> you already did. <laughs> this is the unreleased Beyonce. Song? Yes. Oh, I, it was, I think it was during her self-titled era. Mm-hmm. But you know, she be she be like writing and mm-hmm. making songs. Be having all the songs on that us. laptop. Yeah, it's a laptop. <laughs> so she would be performing that music. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be sold out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What about you, Brittany? Brittany, Music Fest. <laughs> so I'm choosing Meg, of course. Love mm. my fellow Houston hottie. Good old sexy red. Love my girl. And then, you know, just sexy. like soothe it out. You know, get a little earth, wood, and fire. Oh, <laughs> diversity. I love it. In that order. In that order. I like it. Right. right. <laughs> Here we go, smooth it out. Because you got to the let out. I love that. Diversity. Oh my gosh. Matthew Fest. Matthew Music Festival. So I would start the day probably with a little James Blake. Okay. Um, little electronic vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um move into, you know, some Atlanta music. Mm-hmm. Uh so some YSL young gears. Thug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well rounded. <laughs> um but yeah, love love young thug. Um Hope his uh, situation turns positive for my dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and then close out with my favorite rapper and artist, uh, Jay-Z. Mm. Solid. Like that. A little bit of everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can touch all over the map. Have a real mm-hmm. diverse audience. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my festival would be... Uh, as fun as y'all, so yeah, y'all, you got all male lineup too. Yeah, Sexy. par for the course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about Lord Have Mercy Fest? The Lord Have Mercy Fest. <laughs> I would have Big Crit because I Rizzle. love Crit, and Crit actually has like a really great live show. I've he's seen good. him like six times, so yeah, he's great. <laughs> of course, I would have Yonce because. Duh, it's Beyonce. I mean, like, what are we talking about? And then, of course, got to finish it out with my homies, the internet. You know, they put on a great live show. Right? And I miss them. I do too. (laughs) Rumor is they working on new music, but, you know, I don't know anything. Podcast exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know anything, though. (laughs) So, but yeah. Put you on an NBA. Right. Okay, for me, I would have my girls, Halayla, my fave, um, and then Tim's. I feel like they're kind of in a similar universe of like the kind of vibes they bring to the stage. So then I wanted to switch it up a little bit, and I would do Callie. Hey, Callie. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, well, my Rasta. <laughs> so, yeah, that's who I'd have. But okay, that was cute, y'all. That would be fun. Um, so now we'll get into our actual topic, what we're here to talk about today. Um, and I'll pass it over. Uh, I guess, Khadija, you're going to yeah. start okay. us off? Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, so we wanted to provide some context on um, the current reality of systemic pain bias among Black Americans. So in partnership with Morehouse School of Medicine, Abbeville commissioned a national survey of 2,000 Americans to better understand the impact of racial bias on the pain experience of Black communities. And the survey found that the the impact of pain 
um, on Black people was staggering and really cut across all aspects of our lives. So, for example, 93% of Black survey respondents said that their pain has an impact on their day-to-day life, which is um, really uh, staggering. Um, 75% agree that their pain impacts their ability to enjoy their life, and 70% agreed that their pain impacts their emotional, um, their emotional well-being, so like their mental health. Mm. Um, and that is really compounded by negative experiences with discrimination and bias in clinical settings. So, for example, 83% of Black survey respondents said that they had had a negative experience when seeking help managing pain. 68% said they wish their healthcare providers would be more supportive when it comes to the impact of pain in their life. And 69% said that they wish their healthcare providers took pain um, like theirs more seriously. Um, And it's really important to emphasize that these opinions don't come out of thin air. They're really rooted in um, a long, centuries-long history of medical racism and systemic pain bias. So to address this bias at the source, a key area of focus needs to be building the capacity of the current and future health workforce um, and our ability to identify and address um, inequitable treatment of pain. So I will actually pass it to Matthew now to share more about what Black Health is doing in partnership with Advil and MSM to adjust pain bias at the source. Yeah, I think, you know, in addition to the research component, um, the Advil Pain Equity Project has, you know, a pretty extensive list of things that they want to do. Um, first and foremost, uh, providing grants and partnership. Um, and so Morehouse School of Medicine uh, was the initial partner. Um, Black Health has come along as a secondary partner and received a grant opportunity uh, really to help them build uh, both resources. So we talked about that medical education component, ensuring that <clears throat> our physicians um, and other health professionals have that education that allows them to eliminate bias, to think about the perspective of their patients, um, and then really to build a more empathetic mm-hmm. and holistic uh, learning environment so that folks can then uh, transfer that to their practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's been really cool to think about medical school because we often as public health folks don't think about what's happening inside medical schools, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. we think um, largely about community context. So really just bringing in that community context to talk about, uh, to then to then uh, instruct medical students on the importance of thinking through the whole person as they're going uh, and seeing their patients. Um, you know, part of the campaign that I also really enjoy is that Believe My Pain aspect. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Advil partnered with um, a number of different people who had real world experience and not having their pain leave. And so mm-hmm. it captured that on video uh, via a round table um, and really, you know, put out a, a short video. I think it's about four minutes, uh, but coming up soon, you know, you'll be able to see longer versions of those videos where you get to dive deep into their stories, uh, really humanizing this issue. And I think, mm-hmm. Khadija, you talked mm-hmm. about the research, mm-hmm. um, but I think for a lot of people, they're not going to be able to connect to those numbers, right? Mm-hmm. They need to hear people's stories. Mm-hmm. They need to really understand uh, and put a face to the experiences that people are having. Uh, so that's been really cool. You know, I think what we're also just coming off of um, is the opportunity, again, you know, to talk about this training, mm-hmm. uh, but to bring in folks and SMEs from uh, subject matter experts from all over the pain equity space. And mm-hmm. so 
uh, working with Morehouse School of Medicine, um, <clears throat> folks from University of Alabama, mm -hmm. uh, UAB, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, some of, again, some of our patients and people who have experience with pain as mm -hmm. we build out this course mm -hmm. as a part of the Advil Pain Equity Project. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those components have been really cool. And then something that Black Health has been able to do um, always have to big ourselves up is to develop those resources, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And so um, in a short time, <laughs> we developed uh, patient-facing resources and physician-facing resources, again, equipping people with the ability um, to identify pain. So we created a pain journal, uh, mm -hmm. so folks can track, identify their pain, and then use that as a tool to then communicate that with their physicians and mm -hmm. also created a companion tool for just uh, physicians to then understand and, and relate to the, that pain journal. And so mm -hmm. thinking of creative ways uh, really to engage uh, a multiple partners and multiple populations in order to address this issue. And so, you know, shout out to Advil and the Advil Pain Equity Project. I think they've been thinking about this really holistically mm -hmm. um, and happy to be partners in this work. For sure. Yeah, so, you know, Mercy, I'd really love to hear, um, you know, we're coming off of our expert review session yeah. um, where we were able to gather people who have deep subject matter expertise in this issue mm -hmm. um, as both a participant and facilitator. We'd just love to hear your thoughts on how the day went um, and where we go from here. Yeah, I thought today went really well. Um, you know, it, it feels like it was such a long journey to get here from the start of this because we started this like in June, July, like developing the, the outline and getting initial feedback and then planning this expert review session with Brittany, who was one of our subject matter <laughs> experts, as well as a medical student. And I think we got like a lot of great feedback on the um, outline. And I think one of the main things was everyone thought that it was great and it's just so necessary. And so just trying to figure out like, where do we put this? How do we continue to like engage and like, where would this live? And like, which medical students? And then it's like, what about past med school? And mm -hmm. so I think that like, just having everybody in a room like this was really awesome because this is what we wanted to get those ideas and that feedback. So I think, you know, when you're doing stuff virtually or over email, like, you can't really get into the details. So I think it was really cool that we had the opportunity to really hash out a lot of things, even though sometimes I think we came out with maybe more questions than what we <laughs> went into it with. But I think that's great, right? Because, you know, you, oh yeah, we didn't think about that. So these are just other things that we need to consider, which will just make a more robust and comprehensive course, right? And so I think it was really great. I'm curious to hear um, what you guys thought about it. Yeah. So like the first activity we did, you all remember my group, we kept talking, talking, talking. <laughs> um, so yeah, we broke up into small groups and then we discussed like different modules that we're planning for the course. Um, and the, the module that my group was talking about was um, based on like a patient provider role play um, and so we just talked about like how feasible is that? And I was actually really um, inspired to hear that like the folks in my group, like they really liked that idea and they said that it would work well mm -hmm. um, to to have like their peers assessing them um, as mm -hmm. they're doing like this role play as um, a patient and a provider. And then one of the things that really came out was um, Dr. Chan um, gave some feedback where he said that one of the scenarios that we should model is a patient with sickle cell mm -hmm. because sickle cell mm -hmm. is kind of like um, 
it's like a lot of times, like you can look fine if you are living with sickle cell, um, but the pain is quite intense. And then people who are living with sickle cell often are very used to interacting with the healthcare system. So they're um, quite knowledgeable patients, actually. Um, but they've also had a lot of negative experiences, most mm-hmm. likely. And as we know, sickle cell is something that disproportionately affects um, Black communities. So, you know, if we have a patient provider role play where we are, um, you know, the, the patient in this, in this scenario is a person who is living with sickle cell, then, you know, we are kind of already kind of building in that like racial dynamic um, mm-hmm. that, that happens out in the real world. Um, and then we can help build in some dynamics around like what that patient, like what they're coming to um, the the healthcare appointment uh, already, you know, with and facing and their background and everything like that. And so I just thought it was, um, you know, just very, very helpful to think about like these real world scenarios. And, you know, we've had an event on sickle cell. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that event. It was so impactful because mm-hmm. we had people who were living with sickle cell mm-hmm. sharing their experience. Um, and so I just think I love how like a lot of the work that we do kind of keeps, yeah. you know, like, you know, these, um, yeah, these revolutions of just different things that we've, we've done. We did that so long ago, so early in like the Black Health journey. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, even those, those lessons are coming back to us that we can then share with others too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the day a lot. Um, and speaking of just like lived experiences, we also had someone in the room with lived experience, Derek, who was one of the patient stories for the Abdul Pain Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and his insights were so crucial yeah. to the space. Yeah. Um, I think particularly because a lot of us are coming from more of like a clinical or like public health mm-hmm. like background. Um, it was like that like more formal training, but um something that's really critical for this um this project and um, the continued work we're going to do with this is continue to center um, the patient experience. Mm-hmm. I think it was great. I want to take a moment to really give y'all y'all's flowers for planning such <laughs> an amazing <laughs> event. Each and every one of y'all did so good. Like Thank it was you. absolutely amazing just to be in a space like, and I loved how it was like people from all types of specialties. Like mm-hmm. it was like you had the farm B people, advertising people, medical mm-hmm. students, medical doctors, mm-hmm. public health people. Like it was absolutely amazing just to be there and like really collaborate with each other, which is what we should be doing anyway. Right. But it was great that right. you guys like facilitated and created that space. I think it was like really impactful and very productive. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, so I think it's really cool. You know, I think, you know, again, in partnership with Morale School of Medicine and Black Health, Advil's really looking to create this education course, this pain equity course uh, for medical students, but also thinking broadly about where it can apply. Um, And that real goal is to educate them on pain equity, offer tools and skills to help address the issue both in and outside of medical facilities. So look for that, you know, at a school near you at some point. Uh, Hopefully that will be rolling out at a time. (laughs) <laughs> to, to be determined in the future <laughs> soon come um sooner than later so yeah you know Brittany, I'd, I'd love to really dive into your experience um and sure. thinking about you as a med school student mm-hmm. um given uh what we're looking for with advil to think about how we approach pain inequities mm-hmm. um at the source to think about how we sort of transform medical school education. You know, I think you're really interested in uh, maternal um, mortality and thinking about 
uh, that as well. And so I think you'll come with that lens. Um, but just, you know, as a first question, you know, you're currently an MD candidate at Howard. Um, you know, in your training, have you seen a real focus on the experience of Black patients related to pain? Mm-hmm. Um, how has that really been a part of your training? I think one beautiful thing about training at an HBCU is that that's automatically ingrained within our curriculum. Like most of our attending doctors are Black, our (laughs) residents are Black, medical students are Black. So we understand that perspective as Black people. Mm -hmm. And so when we're like providing health care, we keep that with us. Like we don't only just use our clinical judgment that we learn from these books, like, you know, Bates and things like that. Although it's important, it's also important to include that human aspect and our personal Mm -hmm. aspects and our own uh, experiences because just like we're Black healthcare providers, we're also Black patients. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't um, think about that, but it's like I've been in, you know, medical settings and I can see how these biases come out. Mm-hmm. And I love that you guys sent out that video about how they were treating that one uh, Black guy, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. white doctor. Absolutely insane, but it's sad that this mm-hmm. is a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say at Howard, I'm sort of shielded from that, you know, in a way I'm grateful, but it's also like we need to penetrate these spaces so Mm -hmm. we can like actually teach. So I think it's beautiful training at Howard, training at HBCU and learning these things because then when I go on to residency, wherever I end up, I can take those tools with me and help the people who are also there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think having uh, the, your training at an HBCU, I think we can't minimize that at all. Mm -hmm. It's very unique. Um, and even definitely. the folks at Moraw School of Medicine brought that in today during the review session. So mm-hmm. I, I like that point a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Brittany, obviously you were um, a part of our expert review session, mm-hmm. um, helping to contribute to the development of the Advil Pain Equity Project course for medical students. Just want to know, like, what were your impressions of the conversations that were had? And did you notice any common themes or like just even like challenges that were coming up for yourself or in the group overall? Sure. So some impressions I had definitely with the amount of perspectives that were there. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know it was going to be so many different people from so many like backgrounds. Yeah. Like, wow, this is actually amazing. Like even bringing up like the sales course, like I've never right. thought about that <laughs> in my whole life, but I'm like, man, like that will go crazy. Like it will be so beneficial. So just doing that. And then just the team effort. Like I love having like the sitting at the table, we're all talking, all, you know, just communicating our own ideas. That was really nice. Um, and then just like the organization, like how we did this session and then did that and did that. Like the way that it all <laughs> yeah. flowed together was amazing. I would say I wish we had more time, but then yeah, again, absolutely. I think time flies when you're having fun. Like, <laughs> For yeah, sure. It was a For great sure. time like talking. And I was like, dang, it's already time to go. So <laughs> yeah. definitely uh, just the timing, but it was, it was honestly amazing. Like I absolutely yeah. enjoyed it, learned a lot. Um, and then just feeling like my voice was being heard as a student. Like mm-hmm. many times, I think we touched on it, Students don't feel very heard. Like, it's like, dang, like, I have all these, you know, ideas and these perspectives. But many times it's like, oh, we want to go to the actual doctor. So it was mm-hmm. great that students were also included. I really appreciated that a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was definitely a common theme that I saw was like, whenever you or Naomi or other med student from uh, Morehouse School of Medicine who was a part of the session today, whenever either one of y'all spoke, like it was, first of all, it was so impactful and mm-hmm. like so necessary. Like the feedback was like, okay, yes, thank you. Someone who mm-hmm. knows. Right. Who exactly. Who knows. Like, you know, like, 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 like living it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because exactly. as administrators, they're so far <laughs> removed from it and they mm-hmm. see it from a different lens. So it's like, yeah, you have this idea. Exactly. But you're not a student. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that's the real goal, right? When we think of where we can have the opportunity to make change, it's really about the future healthcare workforce. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think your presence and the voice was really invaluable today. For sure. Jesus For a sure. Lot. And so kind of like piggyback on that, like how do how do you feel a course like this one that we're developing with the Advil Pain Equity Project would change or enhance? Um, your experience as a student, and obviously, you know, I know some of the things you already get because you're attending at HBCU, mm-hmm. but curious to know, like, how this would fit. Most definitely. I think it would definitely fit. And a lot of, um, I'm pretty sure, like, normal medical school courses, like, you have it ingrained within, like, usually, like, when they inform you about community health practices or even ethics, which I forgot to bring up, but ethics is, like, we take it and it's, like, an interdisciplinary. So it's medical mm-hmm. students, dental students, pharmacy students were all like coming together to learn and so that's I feel like that is a great way to like ingrain it because all of us deal with pain and right. patients like mm-hmm. I think you were talking about how you got your wisdom tube removed <laughs> and like it was like what am I going to use so it's mm-hmm. like all that stuff is very important and then just also having it reiterated like very clearly and explicitly like I feel like of course we as black people like at Howard like it's much easier for us because we understand we live those experiences but having it explicitly taught and like communicated um, because not everybody at Howard is black. I mm-hmm. want to make that clear. Like mm-hmm. yeah. all of us are not black. It's not all black students. And so some of those non-black students may be missing out on this information because they assume that, oh, most of us are black. Like we know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it'll be important to ingrain that within the curriculum. I think it'll be very beneficial. And then, like I said, just being able to take what we learned at Howard and take it to our uh, other places that we go for residency, where we choose to practice as attendings, mm-hmm. like all of those things will just really make medicine better in a way because we all learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's medicine is a team sport. I say that for all sure. the time. Mm-hmm. It's very much a team sports. We learn from each other. We work with each other. And so we can help each other be better doctors. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, today I know we focus a bit on Um, advocacy and Mm -hmm. actions that can be taken. And here at Black Health, we don't want to just focus on the problem of systemic pain bias. Mm -hmm. Um, We obviously want to call it out, but we Mm -hmm. also really want to think about solutions and actions. Um, And so from your perspective as a medical school student, Mm -hmm. a future um, clinician about to enter the workforce, what are some actions that you feel like need to happen to achieve pain equity? I think it really starts with building those patient-doctor relationships, like making sure patients feel empowered enough to communicate that they're in pain. Because a lot of patients, they'll sit in pain. Like, you'll, like, I mean, me as a medical student, I go in and check my patients regularly. And it's like, hey, you know, how are you? And like, oh, I'm okay. And I'm like, oh, how's your pain? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being absolutely worse. And they're like, oh, an 8. I'm like, Katie, like, <laughs> we, we don't want that for you. Like, we can, we can better right. control this for you. Like, would you like some medicine? And they're like, oh, yeah, like, I would. And then that also touches on my next point is that a lot of the medicines that doctors give um, are scheduled. And so mm-hmm. it's like it comes like every six hours or every eight hours, every four hours, whatever. And patients don't know if they can get extra pain meds, PRN, for breakthrough pain. And mm-hmm. so they'll sit there waiting for their next dose. And mm-hmm. it's like you can always ask for more. It's just making mm-hmm. sure patients know that is really important. And then just it comes down to believing patients as well. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm asking you what your pain is on a scale of one to 10, you say 10. I don't care if you're sitting there still in that bed. You don't have to be, you know, moving and like grooving and, you know, acting like being visually in pain for me to believe that you are in pain. Mm-hmm. Because my pain, my 10 looks different than your 10 and your 10. Mm-hmm. So it's important to like really believe people and, you know, move accordingly. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Yeah, on that second point, I really appreciate, um, and we talked about this earlier, sort of the, the advocacy component mm-hmm. and being your personal advocate. Yeah, I think a lot of people, definitely. a lot of time, black folks um, can get in these spaces of care and are afraid to speak up for themselves. Mm-hmm. I know that they are allowed to speak up for themselves exactly. and sort of just receive that care. So I really appreciate that second point on, mm-hmm. you know, your your care pathway is yours to own mm-hmm. um, and you can ask for additional things. But I, I don't think we're also empowered we're empowered enough mm-hmm. yeah, uh, most in definitely. those spaces to, to really make those decisions. Mm-hmm. That's well. why it's essential to like really build those relationships, especially with Black people. It's been such a crazy amount of things that have been done to Black people in mm-hmm. the medical field. Mm-hmm. Like we Henrietta Lags, we, mm-hmm. I'm not going to yell at any universities, mm-hmm. but it's like yeah. there are certain places <laughs> where it's like, Black people have not been treated well. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure as future medical professionals, we're working towards building those relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I'm a Black woman, but I still have to make sure that, yes, I'm Black, but I'm also a medical professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to know that there is still some distrust there. Like, yeah, you trust me more because I'm Black, but also on the flip side, it's like, you still, you know, you read the <laughs> books, you use that curriculum, you know, mm-hmm. are you going to, like, you know, do what you have to do for me and treat me well and with respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other feedback? Um, on the advocacy piece, I want to mention one thing that Dr. Chan mentioned mm-hmm. um, was teaching providers how to even be advocates for themselves with other providers. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, you know, they're making a recommendation about their patient, so, like, their superior, and then they say, well, I don't think it's that. And then it's like, well, how do you advocate for your patient to this Very other true. person in those spaces to ensure that your patient is receiving the care that they deserve and that they need. So I thought that that was a good call out for that too. Cause I think a lot of times when we think about advocacy in this type of setting is patient and provider and the patient mm-hmm. being their own advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, it's a kind of having your provider as your ally, knowing that they're always going to like go to bat for you and do what's best for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't often address like that organizational mm-hmm. level, yeah. I think of Those like the power social model, yeah. right? It's a lot of power dynamics, a lot of bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those things need to be changed too, alongside everything else that we are doing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I think the last thing that I would add is, um, Brittany, you talked a lot about communicating your pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to mention the resources that we built um, mm-hmm. that are accessible mm-hmm. on BelieveMyPain.com. And one of those is a tool to communicate to your physician about mm-hmm. the pain that you're experiencing. Um, and so I think, you know, that's a tool that folks can use. Mm-hmm. They can print it out or use it online uh, to document where they're experiencing pain, uh, rate it one to 10, where it's located. And I think that's just an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to, to talk about it. that yeah. resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, we created a companion resource for mm-hmm. physicians to then understand and interpret that pain um, in an unbiased way. So I think that's an important point. I wanted to just talk about that resource mm-hmm. on yeah. believemypain.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we also have the tool that's for patients um, advocating for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think it, it touches on a lot of those points. Most um, definitely. Yeah. So I think that could just be empowering for folks to be like, oh, like, I can do this. Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Find their yeah. Yeah. Strategies. Yeah. 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 Any other things y'all want to share? We can we can wrap up. Look at us. This is a great conversation. Um, yes. You know, we're so excited. Black Health is so excited to be partnering with Advil and Morehouse School of Medicine to develop the pain equity education course for med students. Um, as we know from the research and our lived experiences as Black folks that 
you know, a key component of solving this issue is healthcare providers believing Black patients Mm -hmm. and providing them with quality care. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Brittany, for joining us and contributing your very important perspective. (laughs) um on this on this podcast episode but also for our review session that Mm -hmm. we just had Mm -hmm. so Brittany stayed late (laughs) (laughs) to do this with us and we truly appreciate it it's about to be dark Um, outside (laughs) we've been here since the morning um but yeah we're definitely rooting for you um (laughs) we're so proud our communities need more doctors like you um so thank you so much Mm -hmm. um and to our viewers and our listeners um please help us promote equity in pain treatment Mm -hmm. whether you're a healthcare provider or patient Join our mission today by sharing hashtag Believe My Pain content and signing up for the mailing list. Um, you can visit www.believemypain.com to take action and learn more. And you can access all of the Advil Pain Equity Project resources on the website, um, which I will also will link in the show notes um, and just use the hashtag Believe My Pain to share your stories with us on social media. And of course, follow Black Health to keep up with all of our amazing work. We are at B-L-K-H-L-T-H on all platforms. Okay, that's it. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.